This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Hop Heroes, and welcome to another lock-in on the Hop Forward podcast. Type in hashtag Brewers Life into Instagram, and you'll be met with a myriad of photos. Go ahead and do it if you're not digging out or labelling or something, I won't mind. You'll notice hazy IPAs delicately lined up on a scenic background and ready for sale. You'll see shiny tanks and polished tap handles, accompanied by big bearded or beautiful people, sometimes both, sometimes neither. You'll have your fill of the beer influencers of Instagram posing with the latest juice bomb or face plucking sour to hit the shelves of the online shops, and you may even come across a familiar face or two. What you'll also observe, if you look carefully and in between the lines, are the edited highlights of what it means to be a brewer work behind a bar, or do business as part of the supply chain in the beer industry. You won't see the more unsavoury moments of being a brewer, the sweaty body of somebody that's been lugging malt and digging out hops since 5am, or the woman that's been confronted by an assailant on the walk home from a late night bar shift because there are no taxis left. These are some of the real examples of a hashtag brewer's life. And of course, it'd be silly to suggest that people would take to Instagram to document their woes in real time. I mean, that's what Twitter's for, right? But joking aside, for all the great things about the brewing and beer industry, the camaraderie, the creativity, the community, and of course, the beer, there is a largely lesser talked about side, an underbelly that receives much less attention and thought, both in the world of beer and in wider society. Topics such as sexism, homophobia, racism and inclusion are to name but a few. Stories of poor working conditions and well-being in the workplace get discussed by brewers and bar staff behind closed doors, often away from prying years, allowing the frustrations to rise due to the long hours for very little pay. And alcoholism is a dark beast that many struggle with, but is largely swept under the rug of shame and denial. Tales such as these are rife if you look for them. We all have stories, some that we own personally, and some that we're painfully aware of from those around us about the underbeer belly of a brewer's life. It's worth noting that while these stories and issues don't always get widely discussed, there are pockets of individuals who seek to raise awareness and put an end to some of the daily injustices to create a better industry and ultimately a better life. Some great examples are Lily Waite of the Queer Brewing Project, raising awareness for the LGBTQ plus amongst us. And Paul Jones from Cloudwater, who seeks to create a better working environment for his employees. And today's guest, Wildcards Brewery, Jager Wise. Joining me and Jager at Seba BRX recently in Liverpool is Lauren Harkness from Cumbria's Dent Brewery to discuss the topic of sexism in this first of a mini-series highlighting some of the underbelly of the world of beer. And even in light of the circumstances we find ourselves in through COVID-19, human traits, for better or worse, carry on as they always have done for thousands of millennia. My hope through this mini-series over the next 
few weeks at such an extenuating time such as this is that we can perhaps begin to reimagine the way we do things within the industry to be a shining example of the power of beer and people for future generations to come. Not all the topics on the Hot 4 podcast over the next few weeks, but that's that's kind of what it's designed to do um, to help us to address these issues, to, to, to open that cupboard for all the stuff to fall out and for us to engage in these issues and ultimately, as I say, see a better industry and a better world through the social power of beer. So before we journey to the under beer belly of a hashtag brewer's life, it's time for this week's... This week's first brewery shout-out goes to Liverpool's Neptune Brewery. Uh, Neptune began in April 2015. He started with a conversation in a pub, as all good things usually do, over a rather bad beer. Uh, Having had encouraging feedback from peers, family and friends about their own beers they brewed at home, the logical next step, it seemed, was to start their own brewery. Beginning life on a one-barrel kit, each year Neptune have grown organically and expanded, and that's something they're very, very proud of. Uh, Now they've got a 10-hectolitre plant, and they brew four to five times a week. Neptune are very well-versed in many beer styles, with five core beers under their belt, two of which are their most popular. Uh, Mosaic is an easy-drinking 4.5% juicy single-hot pale ale with tropical fruit flavours of ripe mango, blueberries and a citrus finish. It's a beer that they have brewed from day one. And Azil is a newer pale ale born only 12 months ago but has been their most popular beer that they brewed to date. People love it so much, whether it's been in cask, keg or can, and it's super, super refreshing. It's got great citrus flavours of grapefruit and lemon. And for those of you who don't know, Julie has been involved with Ladies That Beer. Born out of the frustration of seeing how few women were at beer festivals and drinking beer in pubs and wondering why they weren't enjoying this amazing liquid that can be so diverse, Julie put the idea to a group of friends who were avid beer fans about starting a group for women to socialise over beer and to host educational events and to brew beer. For Neptune Brewery, COVID-19 has made them adapt how they operate like all of us. After much consideration and requests, they've decided to open the tap room for draft takeout containers for a couple of hours on a Friday and Saturday. Obviously, this is under strict guidance of one in and one out, but their beers are available uh, if you're in the Liverpool area. And for those of you who live further afield, they're in the process of setting up an online shop so they'll have fresh cans available for the end of may so keep your eyes peeled on their social media channels at neptune brewery for updates and make sure you support this absolutely fantastic liverpudlian brewery the next brewery shout out goes to my good friends heist brew co Uh, For avid Hot Forward listeners, you may remember that our very first episode was recorded with Adam and Dan way back in November 2018 when they were setting up a brewery in their bottle shop and tap room, a a beautiful old school building in the middle of a sleepy Derbyshire village called Clown. With a long list of collaborations under their belt from some big hitters in the world of craft beer, both in the UK, Europe and beyond, Adam and Dan have been all set to move to Sheffield within a stone's throw of my house. Unfortunately, as with all of us, COVID-19 has thrown a big, massive spanner in the works. 
But knowing these two tenacious dudes, I highly doubt that's going to stop them from setting up a brewery in the heart of Neepsen with an epic bar. Their beers range from succulent sours, supermassive stouts, right through to an absolutely banging Kolsch and some other sessionable beers. And as ever, they are still operating their bottle shop online with a wide range of beers for delivery. Make sure you check them out at heistbrewco.com. That's heistbrewco.com to find out more about this great brewery and bag yourself some fantastic beers. Okay, so about to get into our main interview recorded at Seba BRX this year. Uh, before we do, make sure you follow us on all the socials at Hot Forward Beers and join our Facebook group and the discussion that's happening there with brewers and beer professionals. Head over to our website, hotforward.beer, to find out some of the ways that we can help you get ahead with your brewery and your beer business, particularly at this time. And finally, head over to thewinchester.hotforward.beer to download our free beer business survival guide. It's seven mini podcasts delivered direct to your inbox with reflections and insights for your personal and business growth during this period. Some great stuff for our listeners, brewers and beer professionals alike. So make sure you get involved. Okay, so let's get into this week's first episode of the underbeer belly of a hashtag Brewers Life with wildcard Bruins Jager Wise and Lauren Harkness from Cumbria's Den Brewery talking all about sexism within the beer industry. So uh, today on the Hot Four podcast, I'm here at BRX in Liverpool with uh, Jager Wise from Wildcard Brewery in Wolfhamstow, Wolf is that right? Correct, yeah. And Lauren from Den Brewery. Hello. So where's Dent? So it's it's in Cumbria, but it's technically also in the Yorkshire Dales. Right. So it's this weird cusp between uh, counties. So <laughs> o- opposite ends of the country. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So, so how, how's it going? How are you enjoying BRX so far? Yeah, really good. Really good. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. I did a beer tasting earlier with a beer and food matching with Bundabust. Oh, is that what that was over there? That was, yeah. I I missed it. Basically, lots of people came for free beer and curry. (laughs) So so that was my plan, but I I ended up at the talk about apprenticeships. Uh, Rookie error. Just about, yeah, rookie error. This is my first time here, so yeah, Yeah. I miss miss the free food and beer. And it also helps that Bundabust do just superb, superb food. Right. So it's it's quite an easy... It's quite easy to work with. Right. The best well, I've heard of them before. They're not the people that did the sodas with cloud water, are they? Or are they? So I think they do a lot of collaborations. Right. Whether they do the sodas with the cloud water specifically, I'm not entirely sure of. But um, they they are very big in the north. So right. they they have a. Um, a restaurant in Manchester, in Leeds, in Liverpool, and they're, they're about to set up their own brewery. So it was very excited to hear about what their plans are. I really are. feel like I've missed out now. Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, yeah. Cool, happy days. So for, for our listeners, um, why don't you both give us a bit of background, who, who you are, how you got into the beer industry and what you, what you do right now in the world of beer? Um, so for myself, um, basically I went to university in London. So I'm originally from Blackpool, so up north. Um, I went to yeah I went to university in London to study biology. Um, I love I, I love the student life. Don't get me wrong, um, but the actual course wasn't really for me. Um, so within that time I worked in a pub um, and 
I just basically fell in love with all the information I learned about beer and stuff like that. And when the reps would come in from the different breweries, it was just, I was just captivated, basically. Um, and that was it. Yeah, I was hooked. And that, that mixed with, like, realising that biology is a very big cause. And I was only sort of in love with a very small percentage of that, yeah. which luckily involved, you know, like, brewing and that sort of science, like, yeast science and all that. Um, it just melded together, really, to to be a love that I found. And luckily I was, you know, luckily enough to make a career out of it. Nice. And my name is, is Jager. I'm the head brewer of Wildcard Brewery in East London. Uh, Wildcard's been going for about, I think it's about eight years now. So uh, we're just kind of cracking on, making good beer. Yeah, and that's it. Happy days. So we're running a mini-series on the Hot 4 podcast, tackling some of the, the lesser-talked-about issues within beer. And, and, I mean, with you, Jager, no, knowing you're a big advocate for women in beer, I want us to tackle this topic of sexism within the industry. I mean, f- firstly, can you both of you give us an overview of what, what kind of sexism you've seen firsthand within the industry? Um, I try not to focus too much on the negative these yeah. days. So it's really easy to... It's really easy to just just be like, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. But did you in the early days? Was that like, was it? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I think every woman in existence, not just in the beer industry, oh, yeah. would have experienced 100%. sexism mm. in the workplace. There, there is generally a glass ceiling. Yeah. When there's only so high, women tend to go. I, th- I um, think it's one of those like with our industry. It's like if you if you are going into it as a woman, it's not like you expect it, but you're sort of. Um, the lines are a little bit more blurred of how sensitive you are t- to it. That's that's my sort of like situation. It's interesting. That sense. Yeah. What do you mean sensitive? What do you mean? Like I don't know. Like you, you it's, it's not a good thing, but you expect it a little bit more. So what what others might deem to be a bad, like other women might deem to be like a bad um, response to it, you can sort of laugh it off, which isn't right. Don't get me wrong, but like that's that's why it's hard because I feel like my judgment is a little bit clouded on that. You know and what it, it is. Take, I, I, you have to I think feel, about it a little bit more. I feel that so many women have had to build up this armour yeah, of yeah, like you've had exactly, to. Yeah. And the, the the amount of times I get it all the time, where like a driver will say something to you, and you just can't be asked to cause a fuss. What was give, give me an example? So all sorts of stuff. Like any example of sexism, like women drivers. Like, it, it goes yeah. from, from, from as light as that to as bad as being grabbed up at uh, an event. It just, it's, it's yeah. the whole, mm. it, it's, it's, it's the whole scale. Um, but there are a lot, you are absolutely correct. I think there are a lot of, you put up with it because you don't have a choice and you have to, yeah. and, and that's just, that, that's yeah. just I'm not saying it it's right, it's just like, I've never really Known stepped back and yeah. thought about it, to be honest. Like, it's like little things like, um, for me, like an example for me is, it's, it, to me it feels really stupid, but for example, like, so I deal with the emails and responding to that at work, and when people send an email saying, dear sirs, I, it, I, I laugh it off because it's, you know, it's silly, like I think like, it's silly to, to be offended by that, but it is annoying, like it's really annoying. I, I don't, I, I, and I get that a lot more regularly than I would have expected, like when I thought that, like it's stupid. But and that's what, like my, I've, I've conditioned my mind to be like, oh, that, you know, it's silly to think that that's a problem. But mm. I, it's, it's it's just why, yeah, 
Why um, would they think it is just? I, I, I get, I get a lot of Mister Wise. I get a lot of Mister Wise. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that there's a presumption there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Jake, for you, like, at what point did you feel like it was time to start speaking out and actively becoming an advocate for women in beer? I didn't actively become an advocate. Right. I just happened to be a woman in beer. Right, okay, right. <laughs> yeah. It was just uh, say what you feel, isn't it? So yeah. if someone asks you a question, answer it direct. And that's what all, and that's all that happened. I think, I think for me, the decision came when I had the opportunity to help to change some of the rules of the game was when I had to make an active choice as to what I, I, I do. So we've been working a lot with the Portland group this year yep. to change a lot of the rules. So in the UK, pretty much you couldn't put a beer, sorry, a pair of like naked boobs on a chocolate bar, yep. but you could a bottle of beer because the way the rules were set up. So this year we worked hard on changing those rules um, and it came into force in April 2019 which said that sexism and homophobia and transphobia and all those other phobias are all included in things that are no longer allowed right. and that's and that covers beer that covers cider that covers spirits that covers all drinks in the UK yep. so um, that's what we've been working on this year okay I mean, so it talks about sexism in marketing advertising I mean, historically how have women been represented in alcohol marketing and what are the wider social implications of that? So, for me personally, it's belittle. Let's be honest, as brewers, you're a brewer, I'm a brewer, our, our key goal is to sell as much beer as possible to as many people as possible. Why should yeah, it's a business. Why should there be a whole sector of society who we are choosing to belittle, we are choosing to be condescending to? That's not going to help us sell more beer in the UK, especially in these challenging times. We absolutely need to appeal to those people, and if we're trying to appeal to those people, that does not mean we we make it pink. Uh, it does not mean we make the glasses smaller. It doesn't mean we do any of those things. We need to treat them like they are equals. Women drink beer. They drink good beer. And equality means, means being treated equally. That's what it means. This was that campaign by a, a certain brewery, which remained nameless, uh, pink, pink IPA, um, not too long ago, which met, met a lot of uproar, didn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, d- despite the Portman Group's new code of conduct it, what was it did you say it was last year I know it was first floated two years ago um, I mean you, you still sometimes see like stuff like quote unquote blonde bombshell that pun doing the rounds I mean wh- wh- why do you think some of those beers still exist particularly I mean I know they're a lot smaller you wouldn't really catch larger breweries doing that now but so what's interesting is with the rule change um, you can if you see a beer that you think is troublesome the branding you can actively put in a complaint to the Portland Group and the Portman Group will investigate it. So if there's something you've seen that looks dodgy, it probably means that someone hasn't complained about it yet. It's completely complained. Right. So everyone that's listening, if you see something that's not cool, you tell the Portman Group about it and they will look into it. So, yeah. so that's, that's really interesting for me because obviously like being from a, like a rural area up north, like we, I've never heard any of this stuff before. Like it's, it's 
I, I presume for yourself, it's very difficult to get the message out further, further afield. So for me sitting here right now, it's so interesting to hear this, and I'm sure a lot of other people um, will feel the same as well. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't even know the, the rules about you know the advertisement of how women are presented and stuff like that, and it it gives me like hope as well because like 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 you say said earlier. To, it's very easy to sort of close off and expect, and that's yeah. what I've I've done with myself is to sort of you know you're hard up to the the comments and this and that and the other, but it's nice to hear from from yourself that that you don't have to do that and like yeah there's other people in the same position so that, that's really interesting for me. Definitely. Yeah, a couple of years ago I contributed an article to the Ciba Journal. They've changed the name, haven't they? What, oh yeah. The... Have you seen the new magazine? It's now the Ciba Independent Brewer. Looks nice. very modern, very yeah. chic. Happy days. Very chic. I think yeah. I've got an article in there as well. But um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I, I contributed one. Um, they ran one about sexism in beer. They got several different Ciba members to contribute towards it, and um, there were one or two where they were defending their sexist branding, saying, "Oh, it's just a bit of fun. No, it's so oversensitive millennials again." You know, I mean, why, why do you think some people are just so determined to stick to their guns on this issue when it comes to beer branding? Um, uh, you don't want to admit you're wrong, really. I mean, that's, that's, that's the start of that. And it's expensive to rebrand as well, you know. At the end of the day, like I say, I'm from a small business, and re rebranding for us isn't necessarily a big issue. But for a lot of these big companies, they spend fortunes. They've spent fortunes on it, and you know, it costs them a lot of money to have to do that. And I guess, I guess for myself, that sort of feels like the the money is more important in yep. a way. I guess. So, I mean, that's my personal opinion, but. Yeah, yeah. People, people tend to go towards if something's been done for a long time, it means it must be correct. Yeah. But there are lots of things that used to be done. Oh, used to be okay. It's no longer okay. Mm. And I think you need to get to a stage where you say, you know what, this had its time and this had its place, but it's 2020 and now is not the time and place. And what's interesting about the Portman Group Code is it kind of makes all that irrelevant. Like, I'm not here to argue with individual brewers about the nuances of individual branding. There's an independent panel that will do that. Yep. Um, so, and with regards to, to specifics, I mean, I speak, to, I speak to breweries all the time within my role as, at CBA, and we have a lot of quiet conversations where you talk to them about what's going on, it's not public, and you say, well, well maybe this is a bit dodgy, or what have you, what have you. And it's it's about advising yep. members and a, a, a advising brewers. Yep. At the end of the day, our goal, we want to help you sell more beer. You can't do that if there's goodness knows what on, the, on, uh, on your pumpkin. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you both feel, um, even with the rise of, um, I mean, there's some great groups out there like Women That Beer. Um, do you feel that women are still underrepresented in the beer industry and, and how would you like to see it change further? I think there's a lot more women represented than there used to be. Yeah. A lot, lot more. And what, what's interesting is I'm beginning to see a lot more women rising up through the ranks. Yep. 
So women who are getting towards being head brewers, women that are company owners. So we're not talking about having women in the beer industry. We're having we're talking about women being at the top of their game yeah. in the beer industry. We're talking about business owners, head brewers, people who are managers. Um, and and that's what's lacking at the moment. But cer- certainly, you, I'm beginning to see them coming through. So I was just going to say, uh, I think it's not necessarily there's more women coming into the industry, which there probably is, like, don't get me wrong, but I think there's less fear in the industry developing. And I personally, like, I feel like I go to the top and I feel like that's the same for a lot of women and that's new, that is new. It's not, the barriers are getting a lot smaller. That, that's how I feel, but obviously there's still a long, a long way to go. Well, there's the age-old saying, you can't be what you can't see. Exactly. Right? Like you say, there's a lot of women getting higher and higher. And we're seeing that. Like we're, yeah. And I think it's fantastic for the, um, in terms of these beer groups. So in, the, in London, we have the Crafty Beer Girls. Um, in Birmingham, the Brown Beer Babs. Le- uh, ladies That Beer up in Liverpool. I even heard about one... Um, Preston Beer Girls of Preston. Nice. Um, so, get in touch with that. Yeah, that, so, yeah, so yeah, there, there's, sure. there, there's a huge amount of, and I would call them support networks. So I know for me personally, whenever I'm having a tough time, it's one of the first places I go um, just to have a chat because you happen to have a load of people who've had similar experiences mm. to So it's just a great support network. Happy days, sorry, that's, I, I thought we were going to keep going. Um, so, I mean, where, where do you see the beer industry in five or ten years' time on this issue, and, and, and how do you think we're going to get there? I think we need to do more of the same. I think we are generally moving in the right direction. I don't think it's a situation that's um, primarily singular to beer. I think it's, I come from a science background, it's very common in the sciences. Um, it's it's very common in engineering and, and, and technology. The focus needs to be on how do we engage more women in sciences at earlier age, at an earlier age. Right. Um, so I think there is a whole lot of work to be done across all a whole host of um, sectors. Um, I think it's all about education, us going into schools, us going into colleges, um, us going into universities, and trying to grip women at younger ages and and to tell them that working in beer is a viable option for you. Yeah. Just uh, leading on from the uh, what you mentioned about education is uh, yeah I'm from a, a science background as well and there is a lot of uh, uh, there's a good setup for women going into science sciences and that sort of thing but when it goes beyond the degree level and you sort of want to specialise a little bit more there's nothing that sort of is leaning women towards the brewing industry, so that could be sort of an area that is looked into. But um, you know, it's a good start. It's a, it's a very good start. So, do you think even some of it's subtle things like with like marketing of like um, like these kind of courses? You know, you'll often see like you'll you'll open a corporate trade magazine and there's two men in hard hats, kind of like you know, giving the whole handout thing and, and um, that. It's, it's so ingrained in culture, you know, historically up until of late, that there are certain industries for men and there are certain industries for women. I mean, do, you, do you think marketing plays a huge role in, in how this is presented, or do you think there are other factors as well? Um, so, 
I recently did some research on general advertising in English-speaking countries, and um, the stats are quite shocking. So in advertising, generally, women are much more likely to be portrayed as, like, as a housewife, as someone who's doing the cleaning. Men are often portrayed as someone who is the doctor or the, or the person, or the scientist, or the person in authority. This is not something that's specific to, to Bia. Whether there are industry-specific, I would say absolutely not. I would say there are some things, like look at the wine industry. I would say the wine industry used to be pretty gendered in terms of um, uh, women drinking wine. That's the thing that's changed almost entirely in a relatively oh, yeah, short be, space yeah. of time. I think it's about the want of the particular industry to want to do it. Like, do, do we make an active choice to do it? And yes, I absolutely believe it will change naturally in 10, 20, 30 years, or do we make an attempt to force the change in the next two to three to four years? And I think that's the major difference. Yep. And in order to do that, you need your trade body behind it, which is what Siba is, is doing. Like, look at the front cover of this magazine, for God's sakes. It literally says, Siba changing the face of independent yeah. brewing. Um, and that's the place of people like the Portman Group. It's the place of people like Camera in, or, in order to try and make their festivals more, you know? yeah. more diverse. These are very powerful groups. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just just a bit a little bit sort of more more general then like where, where do you both see the beer industry going because it's, it's interesting that obviously you're right in London right in the heart of things and then you're you're in the sticks yeah um, so w- where do you generally see beer heading over the next five years or so? I mean, like I say, like I'm from a very different we're in a very different situation. Obviously, I was lucky enough to live in London, so I've had I've seen that side of it. Um, as well as being up north and working. And for me, it's just, it comes down to very basic of, I love beer and I love what I do. I love brewing beer. And do you know what? I love proving that I am stronger than a lot of the boys. And to be able to have other women be able to feel like that in the next five, like you say, five years would would be amazing. In terms of... It's interesting. In terms of style-wise, so we, we have certain trends that we've seen a big decline in cask beer, for example. Is that going to improve? I, I really hope so. Mm. I really hope so. It's a cask beer is a British institution. It's something that only only we do in the UK. There is no one else in the world that does it to the scale to which we do it. And when you go anywhere else, we may take it for granted in the UK, but entirely across the world when you speak to any brewers they're all like oh so that cask beer that you make like they they look up to us in our cask beer it's a shame that we don't value it to the same extent so i'm 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 really hoping that this uh declining cask beer is a is a temporary yeah and we can work on perhaps the premiumization of cask beer getting it to the same same price point maybe I know, I know no one likes the price increase but getting it to the same price point as maybe cake like, yes. we'll see we'll see yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah we'll see the dream <laughs> I guess it's, a, it's about educating people as well because the more the more people that are loving beer now like if we can educate them on cast beer and yeah. you know what we do and what we love then 
hopefully that would increase sales as well. Because, I mean, be, being up in Cumbria, I, I should imagine you reach a far, um, obviously I'm just presuming here, but um, you, you reach much of a less of a premium on your casted beer than may, maybe you do in London. But having said that, I'm sure you've got other issues like somebody on um, West London orders a cask of beer and you've got to get it there and it's a much longer journey than you would to the next village or whatever. Um, I mean, do you, how, how do we, how should we value cask beer proportionally given um, where we are and do, do you think there are different challenges for cask producers depending on location and that kind of thing? Or? Do you make a lot of cask all, all of our beers cask, yeah. So you're, you're probably a bet, uh, better place to answer this question than me. Again, it's, it's a very difficult a difficult one because, like you say, it's, it's a countrywide sort of idea of what the price of Casper should be. And I totally understand it because when people are ordering the beer, they just think, we want this beer at this price, blah, blah, blah. But they don't sort of realise that you know, I've had to literally scrape down the drive to get up to the brewery, get the sandbags out. You know, it's just little things like that. It's When you talk about value, it's a very difficult thing to talk about because it's so different for every single brewery. And, of course, like every business, there will always be a, bench, a benchmark, a, like a line of the expected price and stuff like that. But <laughs> value is, yeah... It's a very, it's a, a grey area, I guess, for, for everyone. Like, like I say, like we're a very small team. There's only two of us. We work very hard, like everyone else. But it's all these little, little different factors that people don't, don't really realise when they're ordering, ordering beer and stuff like that. And yeah, I guess that's, that's might, might be the same for all over the country. I'm not. Very sheltered, we're very sheltered up north. <laughs> I dabble yeah. in the cast market. Yeah. Dabble is the way I would describe right. it. It's not our bread and bitter. So you most like keg and can? We're, so. me- we're keg and can majority, but we used to be a cask and bottle brewery. So we made a choice to change what we were doing to get better margins, to be yep. honest. It's, it's a business in there, yeah, yeah, um, of course it is, yeah. So I'm in a lucky position that when I do do cask, because it's so limited, I can charge with But I understand that that is not the usual experience for a lot, a lot, a lot of breweries. So I'm a cask dabbler, so I'm, 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 I'm not the best person to uh, answer this question. I'm not in the bread and butter day-to-day, like 3.8% bitter, yeah. Kind of bread and butter cast. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. But there is world, our yeah. customers like there is demand for it. There is so much demand for cast beer in London. It's Give insane. Me a <laughs> yeah. There is so much. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. calm down and knock on the door. Bring it down. People are yeah. after good quality, yeah. well-made cast. So if the answer is you're not getting great prices in your local area. Go to London. Yeah, come to London, mate. Yeah, definitely. But well, I mean, thanks for both of you being on the Hot Four podcast today. I mean, what? what, Finally, what's the one bit of advice you'd like to impart to any women in beer out there listening to today's episode of the Hot Four podcast? I would say to any anyone who wants to get into beer, any brewer that wants to brew, I would say just brew, home brew, learn your craft, get yourself educated, be at the top of your game. 
and I would say that to any woman, man, anyone. I never give up. Like uh, personally, I've never felt that being a woman has has been something that I thought, oh, I won't, I won't be able to get into brewing because I'm a woman. I've always thought, Do you know what? I'm, you know, I'm strong. I, I I love what I do, and it's as simple. It is as simple as that. Don't overthink it. If you want to do something, do it and work towards it. You know, you might not necessarily have the education and all that stuff, but if you want to do something, show that you are passionate and people will listen. Great. And how, how can people find about your breweries? So, socials. So, you could follow us at World Cup Brewery. I've also got my own at Jake Wise. So, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the All the usuals. Yeah, we're, same with us, really. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram and all that. Dev Brewery. Um, our website, yeah, dembrewery.co.uk. I've been nice, brilliant. Yeah. Well, th- thank you. Enjoy the rest yeah, of the Beer X. Yeah, thanks. You will. Nice. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the Hot Four podcast this week. Don't forget, we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at Hot Forward Beers. Until next time, cheers. Right, so